0: Alright guys, welcome back in the Battle for the Bluegrass Podcast. This is episode 19 coming at you again this week. Uh, got Dustin with me again this week. Man, what's been going on with you? Not much,
1: man. I'm anxious to see how uh, Kentucky's going to proceed without Terry Wilson. Uh, Waiting to see what Terry or uh, Sawyer Smith can do.
0: I think that's what's on every UK football fan's mind right now, but jumping right into everything. We've got plenty to talk about. We got no time to waste today, so let's just jump right in. Eastern Michigan, UK, UK wins thirty eight seventeen wins up pretty handily, but did they win this game overall? Because their starting quarterback Terry Wilson, the guy that they pinned their entire season on, basically uh, goes down for the year. What, what's the mood in in BBN right now, Dustin? Well, it's a
1: very somber mood. I mean, not only was he the starting quarterback, he was one of the team captains. Uh, You know, they built this offense around what Terry can do, what he's best at. Uh, You know, there's a a lot of people don't follow it very well. Uh, They just see what they see on TV. Uh, Mm -hmm. Don't realize, though, that Sawyer Smith, he's not Terry Wilson. He's not as fast as Terry. He's a better passer, and he is a dual-threat quarterback. He was uh, recruited. They think he was the number 20-something ranked uh, dual-threat quarterback in the country. Uh, Frost was after him. Uh, There were several of them after him. He ended up going to Troy for Neil Brown, which, you know, the ARA-type offense he does. But uh, the mood was very somber, you know, on Sunday and Monday. But the more we're seeing with uh, Sawyer Smith, I don't know if it's uh, just getting our hopes up or if it's actually realize that we still have a chance. I think the mood's starting to pick up some, and I think Kentucky's still got a chance this weekend. I predict for the season start, Kentucky will lose this one. Uh, and I, Terry being out don't help that, but, uh, I just, I think, I think the mood is not, not great to put it, put it that way.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can totally understand that. I mean, yeah, Terry Wilson has been kind of, like you said, they've built this team around what he can do because they all, you know, the last year was kind of built around Benny Snell and then Terry Wilson was, you know, working off the play action, but this year they kind of it seemed like him and Bowden was going to be the guys. And now that he goes down in game two especially so early in the season, I guess you can look at that either way. You know, the team still has time to adjust to Sawyer Smith and what he can do uh moving into SEC play here in the next week or two. But at the same time, I mean, you'd love to have Terry Wilson for longer in the season, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean I guess you never want to see anybody get hurt, but if it's going to happen, I guess you'd rather happen earlier in the year. Gives them more time to build a, uh, a get in sync with each other, quarterback and receivers, you know, and stuff like that. Uh, But ideally, you don't want to break in your quarterback against Florida for his first start at UK. That's that's not the ideal situation there.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, I honestly didn't even realize that Florida was this week. I thought it was next week, but we'll, We'll definitely get into week three previews moving towards the end of the show, but I wanted to touch on that first thing because I know that's what everybody's talking about. Terry Wilson going down. What's that going to mean for UK season? Let me ask this question to you. Number one, UK fan. Does this adjust your win loss record at all? You kind of backpedal a little bit.
1: Well, I predicted eight and four before the season, uh, you know, this is Kentucky's not a one-man show. We're going to miss Terry, yes, uh, but if they can, if they don't have to change the offense no more, than what they're saying they're going to have to. I mean, they're, of course, they're going to, have to tinker with it a little bit, uh, but I still could think Kentucky wins seven games with Sawyer Smith unless he comes out and the pressure's too big going from Troy to a SEC team. I don't know, uh, but I would, I, I could see us maybe having one less win tops two, but I still see Kentucky winning you know at least six seven games this year we're doing pay
0: yeah i think i think Sawyer smith is probably a good enough quarterback from what i've seen i mean he came in and went uh five nine 76 yards two touches i mean that's not bad for a guy that wasn't expecting to play in this game at all and you know terry wilson he looked pretty good um for the most part of the season but I really stirred up some UK fans on Twitter this past week. I began this before I even realized that Terry Wilson was out for the season, so I wasn't trying to take shots at him after he was, you know, out for the year or anything. But basically, all I said was we were you and I were kind of going back and forth about Louisville celebrating the EKU win, and you thought it was too much. And ba- basically, I said you have to know the situation and. It just spiraled out of control from there. We got to talking about, I said something about worry about your own team that Terry Wilson hadn't looked that impressive. And, man, BBN just jumped all over me. There was like five or six of them on me at the same time. I'm trying to drive home, and Dustin's texting me like, man, they're really on you. And I'm like, just let me get home. Just let me get home so I don't wreck and die because I was was wanting to respond so bad. But, uh, yeah, especially one or two of them really came after me. I got called a couple names, so I shot a couple names back. and Yeah, I got heated there for a second.
1: Hey, man, Big Blue Nation had my back. I knew they would. They always come through. That's the one fan base that don't care to you know, backlash right there. Some of them was just silly. I think you even got called caught, caught a TARD.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I got called something, a TARD fan. Uh, I guess because I cheer for Louisville, I'm not sure um <laughs> uh, but he definitely put a lot of thought into that one i mean you can tell his vocabulary is very extensive uh, but anyway I, I won't pick on him too much if you're listening to this podcast i i welcome welcome the banter welcome back and forth we can do it again sometime um uh, but yeah move talking about louisville and eku um uh, louisville goes out and and pounds eku pretty much like they're supposed to you know 42 to nothing Honestly, I predicted last week that they might not cover the spread. Now I feel really foolish um, because their rushing attack was just, I mean, its it was unstoppable. I, I really thought that EKU might slow them down a little bit more, but uh, Hawkins had 123 yards on 11 carries. Malik Cunningham came in and had four carries for 73 yards and a touch. Hassan Hall had 58 yards. Uh even past netted almost 40 yards on the ground and they just steamrolled EKU and they're moving into Western this week. But let's talk about the celebration for a second. We touched on it a minute. Like I was talking about how you have to know the situation. Louisville was on a 10 game losing streak going into this game stemming back to last year. and You said it was a bit too much. I'm going to give you a chance to to explain that a little bit, and then I'm going to come back at you a little bit and explain my side.
1: All right. I know where you're coming from. I know what you're going to say pretty much. Uh, But, you know, I get it. Celebrate. That's fine. You know, I don't care if you beat uh, Kentucky School for the Death. You celebrate. You win. That's cool. Uh, But, man, you're a University of Louisville. You're an ACC team. You just beat EKU and – I, like I said, celebrating's fine, but they just act like they just won the national darn championship, man. They act like they just beat Alabama or something. I just thought, you know, they went. It was a little much. You, it wasn't no game-winning touchdown at the end of the game or nothing. You beat a team forty-two to nothing, not Division One. I just thought it was. It was a little much. Act like you've been there
0: before. Hey, I corrected you on Twitter. Don't tell me they're not Division One. They are Division One. They're not FBS. They're FCS. There's a difference there's a difference okay but on the flip side of the coin for that what I'll say is I can see what you're saying about it being a little much but knowing and if you haven't seen it it's on Twitter if you want to go watch it if you're a Louisville fan or UK fan whatever it doesn't matter it's on there you can see it for yourself but I mean there was there was such a a a, a problem in the locker room with Petrino last year. Players, I mean, just quit. And now you've got a new coaching staff coming in, changing the culture, trying to teach them to believe in themselves again. Because, I mean, you or I don't know what it's like to go through that type of season, I don't think. Not from everybody expecting you to have eight to ten wins and you winning two games because your coach just... he sucked let's just let's just put that out there because this is the exact same team that they put on the field last year i mean every guy that i mean i mentioned this before every guy that is a skill position player was on this team last year whether he was uh actively playing coming off the bench or red shirt they were on this team and it's it's just been such a culture shift i can get I get how they can get caught up in the moment of finally winning a game after it being such a, a cloud over the program. But, you know, at the same time, I, I can kind of see that. But I kind of land more on the let them celebrate. You know, it's been a rough 10 games. You know, you lose 10 games in a row, that's that's no easy pill to swallow. So that that was where I was coming from on that. And, uh Uh, We'll just have to agree to disagree, I guess. And like I said, if you haven't seen it, go watch the video. Make up your own mind. And I guess that's that. So Louisville beats EKU. There ain't much to talk about other than the only thing I'll mention is we saw Malik Cunningham come in a little bit uh, in the second half. He didn't pass much. I think he only threw one pass for like 20-something yards. Um, But The story with Jawan Pass is the first half, he was subpar again. His completion percentage was below 50%. He had two touchdowns and an interception. You know, that's not horrible, but he didn't have a whole lot of yards. And then he comes out in the second half, and I think he goes like six for six for two touchdowns. And really, it's a tale of two halves for him. So now moving into Western. I'm waiting to see what Jawan can do against Western right out of the gate because Malik came in, he's shown that he you know he's not got the arm that that Jawan has, but he's better on the ground, and right now, with the system that Jawan pass is running for Satterfield, Malik Cunningham can make those throws he can make those quick slants he can make those quick out throws, you know if it's on the strong side. He can make uh, button hook passes. He can make screen passes. Those are all things he can do. Where Jawan Pass outshines him is arm strength. And right now, Jawan Pass hasn't been able to get it down the field either. So I'm curious to see what, if he can't stretch the field, do you bring Malik Cunningham in who can make those short throws, who has better legs? And that's that's really what I want to see moving forward.
1: Well, I, I say you pretty much have to, man. I mean, what good's arm strength do you if you're not throwing it down the field? If you're completing fifteen passes for a hundred yards, that ain't doing you no good. You know, you're not moving the ball still. It's just a little. If all you're gonna do is throw a five-yard screen pass or a five-yard quick slant, Cunningham can to do that as good as pass.
0: Yeah, that that's that's my point. I, I know we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves because we we're going to save the week three previews for the end, but I i just think this game bleeds into the next and it, you know it's with juan pass coming out and having a strong second half let's see what he does in week three right out of the gate i think if he doesn't come out strong you might see malik cunningham uh get get some reps under center at some point in the game it might be second half might be fourth quarter but that that's my prediction for that but uh we won't go too deep into that just yet but uh I wanted to touch on something before we get into some basketball stuff. Uh, four-star recruit coming into Louisville next year. The quarterback out of Arizona, Chubba Purdy. I've said once once before, he's my favorite player already because of his name. He's not even on campus yet. The guy goes out and has himself a game. I don't know who he's playing. He's playing some high school team, obviously. But he goes out and has 10 total touchdowns in a high school game. He throws for almost 300 yards, five touches, rushes for nearly 150, five touches, has himself a game. I think the previous high was eight touchdowns, which, I mean, that's nothing to sneeze at. But now he's he's had 10, ten in, in uh, his high school career in one game. And I guess the question is that I'm going to pose to you does – Does this guy, I know you don't know a lot about him, but based on what you've seen out of Louisville's quarterback situation, does he come in and compete for the job day one? I think
1: that's what he's been sold on. I think that's part of why he committed to Louisville is that he will have a chance. I mean, I'm sure they've not promised the kid anything, but somebody, you know, coming in like, like he is there, that had to be a recruiting pitch to him from Satterfield, you know, come in, you, I will give you an opportunity to compete for the starting job. I ain't promising you nothing, but dude, it, they almost had to, right? They almost had to tell him he'll have a chance to compete from day one.
0: I think they, I think that he could. Honestly, I think if he was on campus right now, I, I don't know if he would win the job, but I think he would have been in the race because he, you know, he's a dual threat. He's more of a thrower than he is a runner, but he has legs. You know, a lot like Jawan Pass, but at the same time, like I, I think Purdy is going to be better. Um, he he fits Satterfield a little bit more, and honestly, I I think Jawan Pass has been a little bit tainted by Bobby Petrino 2.0. I I mean, he's a he's a red shirt junior. This is his fourth year on campus, and he still looks this bad. I mean, he was a four star coming out of high school, and you know, so, so was Lamar Jackson. I mean. Everybody expected Jawan Pass to come in and be the guy once Lamar left and that just hasn't panned out. I mean he's been the starter, but he hasn't won the job overwhelmingly. It's been in question and honestly it's still in question. I think Chuba Purdy can come in next year and if he doesn't win the job outright, I would kind of be shocked at this point. I know there's a lot of year left and you know, Juwan Pass can solidify himself by the end of the year. There's no doubt about that. But based on what I've seen so far through two games, I think I think the quarterback job will be wide open next year.
1: Well, I'll tell you who would take Puma Pass or, or Chubba Purdy, and that would be University of Tennessee. They'll take anybody at quarterback right now. I think I, I if I didn't hate them so bad, I'd go try out for it.
0: Well, see, I I have a friend that's a huge U T fan, and um I don't know if you saw it on Twitter, but I caught wind of uh Peyton and Eli's nephew
1: Arch oh, yeah. Manning
0: yeah um, he's a fr- he's a freshman yeah and then I found his highlight tape and I tagged my friend in it and he's like let's begin the recruiting process now I said <laughs> I don't think I don't think you can reclassify that far ahead but evidently he's a freshman in high school and he's already lighting the world up everybody says his mechanics are the best that they've seen for somebody that age and he's got all the throws and you know granted he's a 14 year old kid but at the same time you know Tennessee fans are already tracking him they have to be I mean what a shame it would be what a blow it would be to Tennessee I know Eli didn't go to Tennessee but I mean the Manning name is almost synonymous with UT because of Peyton and if they let a Manning Go somewhere other than UT with the situation they're in, and let a, an elite quarterback get away from them in three or four years. I mean, they might as well just shut the program down.
1: He's going to Ole Miss, like Archie and Eli. He'll go to Ole Miss, just like old Grandpa and uh, and Uncle Eli there. And oh I God! Hope, I hope he does. There'll yeah, be anybody, a lot of
0: tears shed in Tennessee if that happens.
1: Well, anybody that actually listens to the podcast knows I'm married into a Tennessee family. My wife coming here after the BYU game last
0: week.
1: (laughs) She said, don't even talk to me. She said, no more games. I'm done, she said.
0: Poor UT. I I really feel bad for their fans, man, because, I mean, they're some of the best fans out there. They really are. I mean, it's been a really rough 10 years, at the least 10 years. I mean, you could even stretch it out further. And, uh, you know, everybody thought, well, Jeremy Pruitt was about as good a hire as you can make, even though there was just all kinds of drama surrounding that hire. It was pathetic, really. But, you know, my God, I mean, it's, Knoxville is just on fire right now. It's it, I know this isn't a UT podcast, but, <laughs> I mean, if you live in the area that, that me and Dustin grew up in and that he currently lives in, like, it's... It's just amazing to think how the mighty have fallen. Because UT football was king when we were growing up, and now that I mean they're just getting pounded by everybody they run up against, and it just seems like they have nobody that can throw the ball. That I mean, Garantano just cannot throw the ball, and those quarterback rankings, like you referenced before the season, they just looking all kinds of stupid right now.
1: How many times did I fuss about those quarterback rankings? They was a joke, man. I even said that. I think it was my very words it was a joke. But what I don't understand, again, the same Tennessee podcast, but I can't help but make fun of them. Uh, <laughs> they got a freshman quarterback that was pretty highly recruited, man. I mean, he was a pretty big-name quarterback coming out of high school. At what point did they just you know, say, hey, let's cut tail and run here. Let's give this guy a chance to get him some experience in there.
0: I don't – I'm with you, man. I mean Garnettown is definitely not getting it done. So I mean your season's already in the toilet. I mean that's just oh, yeah. a fact. Just yeah. throw that young kid in there and and just see what happens. I mean what's the worst that could happen? You lose again. I mean you've already <laughs> embarrassed yourself twice. You get you get beat by a division 2 team basically and then uh yeah. And then you get beat by the Mormon School, who's, I mean, obviously not known for football. So Steve Young
1: ain't coming back to BYU. It's not the yeah. Steve Young BYU
0: Steve Steve Young's not there anymore, ladies and gentlemen. Steve Young's not been there for a long time. And they I mean, had, his, it won. had
1: it. Tennessee had one. They they gave up like a sixty-yard hail mary pass to even set up a, a field goal to tie the game and send it to overtime. I mean, it was horrible. They I mean, literally, if you watch the game, they left the guy wide open. They went nobody within fifteen yards of this guy, so it was a busted coverage. He gets it runs for like sixty yards, and they kick a field goal take it to overtime. Dude, I couldn't have been happier. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we all know that you were just ecstatic when UG lost for the second time this season. I mean, can they win against Chattanooga this Saturday? chattanooga ladies and gentlemen please tennessee for the love of your fans just go out and beat up on the team you're supposed to beat up on
1: dude i i don't know what, if they don't beat chattanooga which there's no way they should lose to chattanooga but they shouldn't have lost the first two games either but if they don't beat chattanooga old fat Fields is going to be firing Pruitt and he's going to become the head coach again he'll be head coach slash ad
0: there's already people calling for that <laughs> I, I've seen it all over the internet uh, that, you know, Phil's the only one that can save us and, you know, stuff like that. I, I think that's nuts. I mean.
1: Yeah, they, they ran him off because he was going in the toilet with Phil.
0: Yeah. It's, it's crazy how you, I mean, it's crazy how you have like revisionist history or whatever, whatever, however you want to say it. Because like you said, they were bad before he ever left. I mean, they were they were horrible then, and it, they've just gotten nothing but worse. Uh, yeah. But anyway, let, let, well, I don't want to talk about Tennessee too long, but I did want to give you a platform to vent about it. Uh, leave
1: it to me, don't have a rabbit trail.
0: That's okay. We do it every week. It's what we do. It's no big deal. Um, let's talk about some basketball stuff because I know everybody that listens to this podcast loves football, but I think most of us are here for basketball because this is Kentucky. This is, you know, UK, Louisville, both basketball schools. So love football, but got to talk about some basketball. Basketball season getting ready to start up. But right now is the fall signing period. Everybody's out there recruiting heavy right now. Um, There's been a couple things. It's uh, Thursday, the 12th, when we're recording this, and today – UK landed four-star forward Lance Ware. Uh, th- I think they're they're ranked number one now. They have three top 50 players um, with Cameron Fletcher also joining the fold. What was it, two or three weeks ago? Yeah. So there's Lance Ware, Cameron Fletcher, and uh, B.J. Boston so far. Uh, Dustin has predicted a monster class. It just keeps looking like it's gonna be, you know, Lance Ware. He's four star, but you gotta remember he's a high riser. He's probably gonna be a five star by the time this year's over with. And uh I'll just give you the floor, man, let you talk about what's going on with UK's recruiting class right here in the fall signing period. Uh,
1: for anybody that don't ain't paid close attention, Kentucky is going to we've got three guys already. And Calipari is going to bring in at least three more guys, if not four or five more. This is going to be anywhere between a six and eight man recruiting class coming in, coming into this, uh, this the next year. Y'all, like you said, you got BJ already. BJ Boston, top ten recruit. You got Cameron uh, Fletcher. What he's a top thirty, right? And then uh, where's a top uh, around forty? He's high as thirty one, as low as forty five or something like that. Uh, but this weekend. You got Terrence Clark going to commit on Saturday night, uh, and Penny Hardaway even he's he's he gave up on him. He didn't he was scheduled to go visit with uh, Terrence Clark with an in home visit. He canceled it. They they know it's done for. Uh, he will end up at Kentucky, and he will end up reclassifying. So that would give Kentucky two top ten recruits for next year, along with Cameron Fletcher and uh, Lance Ware, and there's plenty more coming. Uh, another guy's fast, fast moving up the rankings in the state of Kentucky that I think you're going to see Kentucky and Louisville both start looking at, especially if Kentucky ends up missing out on a guy or two they expect to get it would be a JJ trainer out of Bardstown, Kentucky. He's rose roll, up as high as 70 something in the country right now. And, uh, Evan Daniels released a I had an article and he really said that he thinks he's one of the three biggest sleepers in the country. They expect him to, be able to move up more, but man, this class ain't done. We got three getting ready to be the fourth guy and there's going to be more.
0: Yeah, another big thing I wanted to mention with uh, UK's recruiting is Memphis did drop on Terrence Clark, but they've shifted that focus towards Jalen Green another UK target. UK's really high on him. Um, it, do you know if 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 they have decided, you know, the 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 recruiting gurus that be have decided that Terrence Clark will be a top 10 player if he does reclassify to 2020?
1: Yeah, I think I can't remember who it was. One of them released what the what their rankings would be if he reclassified, and I think they had him fifth. Uh, I think he's definitely if he, when he reclassifies, he'll be top seven for sure. Still, I mean, I don't I don't see how he wouldn't be because this kid is considered one of the best scores in high school basketball. Period, regardless of class. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I think he would definitely on the Jalen Green front. Uh, Cal has not even went to visit him yet. I don't know if Cal's giving up on him because of Terrence Clark, because the rumors are, you don't know, we got Clark, it would run, you know, him and uh, Josh Christopher away. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that because I like them both. But, you know, like we said before, Cal's at a point now because he's waited before. At one point, everybody thought Zion Williamson was going to come to Kentucky or Clemson, then out of the blue he went to Duke. He's waited before on guys and missed out on others that he could, t- could have taken. I think, like you said yourself, I think Cal's to a point now that he's like, hey, you want your scholarship. If you want it, you come get it. First come, first serve. I'm not waiting no more. And and but people like uh, Lance Ware and uh, you know Cameron Fletcher, they're not going to scare away these top guys. The yes, they're four stars and they're pretty high, but they're not going to scare away the top ten guys like a Christopher Green. but Terrence Clark could.
0: Yeah, I think Lance Ware could be a two to three year player. Probably. I mean, if, I guess that all depends on how much he improves over the next year. Um, but at the same time, I, I, it wouldn't shock me to see him be a, a two- or three-year player. And uh, I know Louisville's really high on trainer. I thought you were going to say Zion Harmon. I really thought you were going to talk about Zion Harmon with it being in-state. in, in state. I was like, no way, UK's getting in on Zion Harmon too. But I, it wouldn't <laughs> surprise me. If they think he's going to get eligible, they'll give him a phone call. I guarantee that.
1: Yeah, well, on that front, talking about the uh, Kentucky-Louisville thing, you know, we're recruiting each other. Dude, I'm hearing more and more traction about Kentucky, and uh, Devin, Askew. ask you, that's, that's going to become a thing.
0: Yeah, I'm afraid it's going to become a thing, too, and I, I still like Louisville's chances. I mean, Ooh, yeah. from everything that I heard when, when him and Josh Hall and uh, Zach Loveday were on campus a couple weeks ago, or a couple weekends ago, and they had that scrimmage, I – I really heard that they, everything that uh, Jake Weingarten said, uh, shout out to Jake. If you don't follow Jake on Twitter, you don't know recruiting. Follow Jake on Twitter. He knows it all. And, uh, but anyway, Jake reported that, you know, it's those three guys really mesh with the guys on campus right now. Like, they were laughing and joking a lot. And he, he said that it seemed like those three guys really seamlessly fit in with uh, L's roster. So I, I like Louisville's chances with him. Somebody that Louisville missed out on that, you know, he he cut his list down uh, from five to four, and Louisville did not make the cut. It was Namari Burnett. He was scheduled to be on campus um, for Louisville Live, I believe. Uh, don't quote me on that because I don't have it in front of me. But I know he was scheduled to be on campus this month, and he backs out of that visit, uh, cuts Louisville from the list, but. You know I, that kind of sucks as a Louisville fan, but at the same time, we're still in on a lot of really high highly sought after guards uh Caleb Love went to Missouri, came out un or uncommitted, which is awesome. Um, uh, Brakefield goes to Auburn, comes out uncommitted. so you know those guys are really high on Louisville's list. if we can get them on campus for an official, I think both of those guys are scheduled to be at Louisville Live on the 27th I think it's the 27th like I said I don't have in front of me I'm kind of being forgetful right now but um, that's something to keep on that front they're also still in on DJ Stewart everybody's after DJ Stewart they're in on uh, the big name that's rising right now is Cam Hayes Cam Hayes is a point guard Uh, he's reclassifying the class of 2020 that's been uh, confirmed I believe at this point and uh louisville is controls i believe 100 percent of his crystal balls at this point and he's a five star in in 2021 i'm not sure where he's going to fall he might fall to a four star but i don't think so i think he's going to stay a five star in in uh, his red classification but that's basically what's going on uh not much other movement other than both coaches both programs really hitting the trail hard this week they're visiting all their top recruits anybody that's high on their list they've been in their living room or at their high school this week
1: oh yeah and you know a couple guys that cal has talked to or is going to talk to is uh you know isaiah todd that's that's the big front court guy kentucky's after that's the one big time hillman brown uh i think cal's already visited with both of those guys i'm not positive on that but i think i saw he had if not i know he's going one of the two he has and he's going to the other one if he's not uh that's going to be the key we're going to be we're going to load up on guard we got to find the right big men todd there's possibility he would go overseas His dad said it's not going to happen but it still remains a possibility uh but getting the right front court guys is going to be key for kentucky this year
0: yeah i i mean like you said, if u k really has a six to eight man class, that is a huge class. I remember like when Louisville's class coming in this year, they had six guys, and I just felt overwhelmed by the amount of freshmen that come that's coming in there, and that's six. So if you guys have you know seven or eight, that's gonna be an insane amount of roster turnover. not that Cal can't do it. he's proved that he can. it's just. That's a that's a tall heel to climb for next year, and I, I don't want to look too far because the season hasn't even started yet. But you know, it is the far recruiting period. It that's that's just what we're going to do right now.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, Cal's done it before too, like you just said. Uh, but that we made it to the championship game that year, but that's the year we was an eight seed. You had the Harrison twins, Julius Randall, Marcus Lee. Uh, who else was it? Uh, James Young. You had, I think they was six, and uh, what was it uh, Tyler? You, I don't know what Tyler you said year, but we had like six with All-Americans that year or something. Uh, you know, they, they struggled start of the year, but at the end of the year he had them clicking like he always does. But we're gonna have a lot of turnover this year. We're gonna have a lot of guys that's probably not gonna be there. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't see Nick Richards coming back for a senior year either way. Either he goes on pro or something else, or goes overseas something, because I just, I just don't know if he would come back for a fourth year. Uh, he could, I guess. But I think I could see EJ leaving, Hagan's leaving, Maxie leaving. Uh, we're going to have quite a bit of turnover this year, so I think we're going to have to have a big class.
0: I do you know if 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 he's still if Nick's still with his girlfriend? Because remember what Kyle Tucker said, man. I mean that is a serious thing. I mean if if he does come back, I think that would probably be the the primary reason, wouldn't you think? If that's still a thing, oh. I, I I don't know.
1: I, I, I think we're together, but she's going to graduate sometime too. You know, she ain't going to be there forever.
0: Well, I mean, I, you <laughs> got a point there, but I mean, he's going to probably end up overseas at this point. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I I think he'll get some tryouts in the NBA and, and maybe, maybe he does blow up. Maybe he gets on a summer league team and makes a roster and stays in the NBA, you know, for his nope. entire career. But right now, I I think my money's on overseas. Or
1: transfer, grad transfer. Marcus Lee grad transfer. Uh, year before last, he could grad transfer too. I could see that happening.
0: Yeah, I could see that. Um, but you know, a lot of guys, a lot of guys this year, when they felt like there was no NBA in their future long term, they just went yeah. ahead and jumped and went overseas. I I could see him doing something like that. You know, if if you know you don't have the talent to make the NBA. You know you're going to end up overseas anyway, just go ahead and go. I mean, I don't blame kids for doing that. I mean, it's it's odd because you know when we were growing up back in the late nineties, early two thousands, you never saw that. You never saw somebody just forfeit their eligibility to go overseas. And now that that seems to be almost commonplace for a lot of a lot of players.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's happened more often than not anymore. Uh, just like you said this year, how many guys – there was more guys declared early than there was spots for them. There was more – you know, there's, what, 60, 60, 60 you know, 62 uh, NBA draft picks, and there was more early entries than that. So they knew they wasn't going to get drafted.
0: Yeah. I mean, you got Auburn uh, losing guys like Harper. I mean, Harper's like 5'8". I mean, he's a great, great player. He played great for him in the tournament, but, I mean, there's no way that guy's making the league.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, it's just like for – you've got others take like Tim Tebow, great college quarterback, not a good pro quarterback. And, you know, you see that when – I hate to single out Tebow. There's plenty more to you can talk about. But just because you're good in college, you can be a great college player. don't mean it's going to translate to the NBA game.
0: Yeah, I agree. I I completely agree. And speaking of the league, we got a couple uh, tidbits about the league. Um, My favorite news of the week was LeBron James uh, filed a a trademark application for Taco Tuesday. That has been denied by uh, the government and the trademark industry. (laughs) So, uh Sigh of relief ladies and gentlemen every time you use taco tuesday you will not have to pay lebron james money that is too common of a of a, a saying or a slogan uh, for him to control says the government so he does not own it so thumbs up for me
1: dude whoever encouraged him to go with this he's got to distance himself from him. if it's somebody he's paying he ought to sue for his money back i mean who <laughs> We've had two this week, though. Two trademarks get turned down, and both of them ridiculous. Taco Tuesday and then Ohio State wanting to trademark the word the. I mean, how stupid can you get?
0: Yeah, I, I just feel like that was a news grab. I just felt like they were trying to get in the news. But I honestly think LeBron or whoever was encouraging him to do this was dumb enough to think that they could actually trademark the term Taco Tuesday. I mean, he's acting like he invented it, and uh, I encourage you, if you've never seen LeBron do his Taco Tuesday videos on Instagram, please go watch it. It's the most idiotic, moronic thing that I've ever seen in my life, and I didn't like LeBron before that. I definitely don't like him now. I mean, and now KD's joining him because every time KD opens his mouth, he just seems more idiotic and stupid. And I used to like KD. I even put that on Twitter. Used to like KD instead, until he decided he was going to talk more. Now I can't stand him.
1: I never was a huge KD fan, but I liked him. Uh, but some of these guys start talking, you you quickly lose your fandom of them because uh, they make no sense, I guess you could say. Uh, the things they say, uh, I don't want to get into some of it, but KD and LeBron both have said a lot of stuff that I think is even shouldn't even be talked about outside of sports they much less sports related
0: well not to get off on a tangent or anything but professional athletes now especially lebron is carrying the torch on this they think that because they're professional athletes that their opinion matters and i'm not saying that it doesn't i'm not trying to say that because they're professional athletes that they shouldn't ever speak but they have this mindset that
1: they can change. Uh, your mind. They can
0: change people's minds, and that they're that they have intelligent opinions on things. When a lot of times they just don't. They just they don't know what they're talking about. They don't know the facts. They know their circle. They know uh, what they've been taught or what they've been told. And honestly, the facts elude them a lot of times. I know this is going to be an unpopular thing to say because I guarantee you, somebody listening to this podcast is a big LeBron fan or or a big KD yeah. fan, and they agree with everything they say. But I'm sorry to tell you, if that's you, you're just wrong. And they're wrong, and everything that they say um, is questionable.
1: Well, you got you got guys like you said, LeBron, you, all kinds of celebrities, whether you be a professional athlete or a Hollywood movie star, whatever. They, they think that their opinion matters more than everybody else's. Their opinion matters as much as mine does. Their opinion matters as much as anybody else's. But it don't matter more. Uh, and the sad part is, though, like you said, there's going to be people that follow just because LeBron said it. LeBron said it, so he's he, my favorite ball player, so he's got to be right. Guys, don't, don't use the platform you got to persuade other people to, uh, to believe like you. Let everybody form their own opinions. I don't care if it's political or sports or what it is. Don't not try to persuade everybody else to believe like you believe.
0: Well, I won't I won't go off on a tangent about uh, my stepdaughter coming home yesterday with conspiracy theories about 9/11 and her teacher was spouting off in class. So, I'm not going down that rabbit hole. We're not doing that today. Um, but something else I wanted to touch on definitely before we get off the topic of NBA. Uh in FIBA World Cup, USA and France played yesterday. France won 89 to 79. Um, they had some really good players that played for France. They were uh, Gobert, Evan Fournier, uh, Batum, Frank Nalen-Kina. You know, these are names that if you follow the NBA at all, uh, these are names that that you're going to know. But I think the the big storyline that still surrounds uh, Team USA and FIBA was the lack of star power that they had. I mean, don't get me wrong. Donovan Mitchell had a, he had a great game yesterday. He had 29 points. Uh, kimba was there kimba's no nothing to sneeze at harrison barnes is a solid player miles turner's a good player i'm not trying to knock these guys but some of the big names like kd lebron uh you know some of the big name american players they didn't play uh because they chose not to um they cited preparing for the season which i understand that but at the same time you're playing for USA basketball. Yeah, it's not the Olympics, it's FIBA, but you still get to wear USA across your chest and I I, I just think it's a shame that uh that USA got put out like this.
1: Man, I I absolutely hate it. And there was several Kentucky guys who had their name in there and withdrawn, uh Darian Fox was one of them. You know, there's several I, I just I don't get it. And when we was kids, that was the biggest uh honor was to wear USA across your chest. I mean, you didn't see anybody turned down. You had all the stars, Jordan, uh, you know, Stockton, Malone, Magic, everybody who was anybody wanted to play for the USA. And I I get they say, oh, the guy get ready for the season. da. da, da, da. don't want to take a chance of getting hurt. I get it. Uh, But what better way to prepare for the season than to actually be in competition? You don't see none of these big – look at Giannis. Antetokounmpo, he played for his team, his country. Because there's an honor for playing for your country. I just – I don't get it, and I don't agree with it. I don't see how these guys cannot see that – honestly, it's almost like a dishonor.
0: Yeah, I mean, Giannis tore it up in in FIBA World Cup. And like I said, Rudy Gobert played for France. Rudy Gobert is a a franchise player. You know, he's not an offensive superstar, but, you know, he's a good player. You also had uh, uh, Jokic, uh, Denver's superstar center he played in FIBA I mean there were some big names mostly foreign players uh, that were franchise players that went back home and played for their country and uh, sorry to say USA was lacking in star power compared to the rest of them and uh, it's something that you and I have talked about uh, honestly we we mentioned it before the podcast and I talked about us bringing it up here but I really would like to see At least for the FIBA World Cup, USA go back to the way it was in the 80s and go back to using college athletes. I know that the talent isn't going to be as much, but you could practice them longer. They would play play together as soon as the season was over uh, after the year in May, I guess it would be probably. You could bring them in and start practicing together and develop a team chemistry and If nothing else, they would go out there and give it everything they had. If you still want to use professionals for Olympics, that's fine with me. But I'd just like to see what would happen if we just started in FIBA and go back to the way it was in the 80s and just use college athletes and incoming college freshmen.
1: I'd be all for it. You know, we talked like you just said, we talked about it before. But, you know, obviously the talent level would be way less. I get that. And they probably wouldn't win there as much. I get that too. But at what? Well, at some point, you're going, you're going to have to say, "Hey, if 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 this ain't an honor for you, then so be it." These college kids, they would love to do it. They're not getting paid millions of dollars, so they didn't say, "Well, I'm just." And again, sadly, it was only basically only a great American players saying, "I ain't gonna play for my country." All the foreign great players played for their countries. Uh, but yeah, again, they would give it their all. They wouldn't care. It would be an honor, and you'd see every one of the great best players in college. They they'd play. And they would pour their heart into it. And I would much rather see that if somebody go out there and, I'm sorry, half-ass it because that's what some of them do. They don't – I'm going to say they don't care. And shout-out to the ones that was there. The players for USA that was there, shout-out to every one of them. Appreciate every one of them supporting the country, representing our country. But you got some of them that just say, I don't want to, or even go through practice and withdraw. I just,
0: I don't want to do it no more. I just – I don't understand it, man. Well, that's a big – that's a big thing with me is – A lot of these guys, if they did go out there and get hurt, you know, Paul George suffered a really bad injury uh, a few years ago when he was doing the Team USA tryouts, and I get that's a factor, but you know, somebody like Paul George or LeBron or Kevin Durant, I hate to say it like this, but it's the truth. If they go out there and tear their ACL, uh, their career is made. Whether they can ever play basketball again, it's not like they're going to uh, they're going to be in the poorhouse, so to speak. But you know, these college and and high school athletes, I'm curious. I would be curious to see how many of them would sit out because I think it's a cultural thing. I, I think that a lot of your elite, especially incoming freshmen, uh, that's that's slated to be top five picks in the next year's NBA draft, you might see them try to sit out. Uh, maybe not. Maybe they would try to use it as a platform. Uh, to increase their draft stock, I think a lot of them would, but it wouldn't, really wouldn't surprise me to see one or the, two of them sit out. And that I could understand more than somebody like LeBron or Durant sitting out because, you know, they don't have their millions. They don't have their their big shoe deals to fall back on. If If, I mean, God forbid they go out there and destroy their knee, I mean, that's a big deal. That could cost them millions of dollars.
1: Yeah, I mean, their career would be on the line at that point. Uh, but I still think you wouldn't see near as many of them withdrawing from it. Uh, I, I don't know what it is, and I, I can't get past it. I don't even know how to explain it. I don't get past how every great player in the NBA that's a, you know, from a foreign country, they play for their country and ours won't. I don't understand that. Where's the pride at, guys? Where, I don't know how else to explain it. Where's the pride for your country? Uh,
0: I don't know. I, I'm sure that – that uh I, I'll be curious to see what the Olympic tryouts look like this coming year and training camp and what names get through out there. But uh shout out to Donovan Mitchell. I mean one of the up upcoming stars in the NBA. I don't care if you're a UK fan or a Louisville fan, you have to admit that. The guy's a star in the making. Uh he played well for them, played with everything he had, and uh they just came up short. But uh that's enough about USA basketball, and I'll get off my soapbox about professional athletes and FIBA and Olympics and all that. Let's look at some week three previews moving into UK and Louisville football. Uh, we'll close the show with this. Uh, UK goes into uh, play Florida this coming week, and it's a huge matchup. It's the first SEC matchup of the year. Um, they're going to be going in there without Terry Wilson as we mentioned earlier. Uh Sawyer Smith is slated to take the offense out there for the first time. Uh how do you see this game turning out, Dustin?
1: I don't think the final score is going to be much different than what it would be. I think it's you're not going to see a high-scoring game. Uh Florida's got a pretty stout defense. Uh you know, they have they have, coming into this game, Florida's got 15 sacks in two games. Granted, ten of those was against Miami and that horrible offensive line they had. But uh bad. Yeah. But the one the one thing Kentucky has going for it in that regard is uh I know unless you pay attention, you don't really know, you don't expect it. But Kentucky has got one of the best offensive lines in the country. You know, not just the SEC, but in the entire country. Uh you know, we probably got the second, possibly the second, no worse than the third best offensive line in the SEC. Uh, They're really good, Landon Young, Stenberg. Uh, Two of the four uh, top offensive linemen that was rewarded uh, in the SEC was from Kentucky, and it was uh, Landon Young and uh, uh, Logan Stenberg. If they can protect Sawyer Smith and give him time to find his guys, because, no, he's not Terry. He's not going to be able to run it as fast as Terry. But now he is a capable runner. Uh, But he's not going to be able to elude as much uh, pass rushing as Terry would. Terry can do a spin move and get away from somebody. You know, several little spins. We've seen it last week before he got hurt. Sawyer's not that type of guy, but if he sees a lane, he can take it. And he is an experienced uh, quarterback uh, using the RPO. That is one of his specialties is the RPO, and that's something Kentucky does a lot. So I, I don't think you're going to see a big setback. Uh, Man, I, I want to predict Kentucky win so bad. I said before the season I wouldn't. Nah, I thought Kentucky would lose this one, and I still do. I think it's close. Uh, maybe uh. Florida twenty four, Kentucky twenty one. I hate to say that. Gosh, I want to predict it the other way, but without Terry, hard <laughs> time because Sawyer's not proven yet to me. Yes, he done it at, at Troy, done good at Troy. I get it, but Troy's not Kentucky. It's not the SEC. So I'm have to go out and say Florida twenty one or four twenty four, Kentucky twenty one.
0: Well, here's my question. Um, looking at something other than score prediction for you. I'm going to throw you a bit of a curveball. How does UK approach this game? Because you know that Sawyer Smith is going to be your quarterback moving forward for the rest of the year. Uh do they go out and try to run heavy and and, and slowly bring him into the fold or are they just hand him the ball and let him go sling?
1: I think uh we we we're, we're, we're going to be a run heavy team either way. Eddie Grand, you know, he's people forget he was at Auburn when they had Cadillac and Ronnie Brown. Uh he he likes to run the ball. Uh, we're, we're going to run the ball quite a bit. But I don't think they're going to keep it from throwing it. I know it was Eastern Michigan, but they wasn't scared to let him throw it against them. I mean, he had two touchdowns. His first throw was a 54-yard touchdown. And uh, coincidentally, his first throw at Troy last year after the starting quarterback got hurt and he replaced him uh, was a 40-something-yard touchdown pass. So his first career uh, passes for Troy and Kentucky was, you know, 40-something-yard and 50-something-yard touchdown passes. He's not scared at the moment. He's not scared, he's a, and he's a very capable thrower. He's a, he got a really good deep ball. Uh, I, I don't think you see Kentucky dial it back at all. I think he's his go out there, but now I, I do think you see a lot more of Lynn Bowden in the uh, in the Wildcat package, and I think you've seen him throw it a few times. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but in honor of Terry Wilson, Lynn Bowden is wearing the number three jersey this week.
0: Yeah, I saw it, and I'm going to seem like a hater again, but – I've said it before. I said it when Terry Wilson was talking about wearing number twenty two. I hate when players just wear numbers. I mean, I get it. He's trying to honor his teammate, but he didn't die. He just he's injured for the season. He's out for the season. Just go wear your number. Go play the game. Quit quit doing all that mess. It's unnecessary. Hey Derek, shut up. I'm just gonna say that. Shut up. Well, that that's a that's become a weekly thing. You tell you and Big Blue Nation on Twitter telling me to shut up and calling me a tard fan. And <laughs> hey, if, if if anybody out there is offended by the term tard fan, don't blame me. I it, I was called tard fan, so uh it's it's not my word. I'm just repeating what was said here.
1: Don't don't, don't put me don't, don't don't do that to me, Ricky Bobby. I never called you a tard fan. I didn't say you
0: did. I didn't say you did. I said I was called that. No. <laughs> You know, Dustin did I'm, not call me that. Okay. all right. refocus here. Um, as far as Florida goes, I think that I know you're not a big fan. You're not a big believer. And I'm not sure I am either, but Fleve Franks, he's been averaging over two, I think it's between 250 and 260 a game so far. He's thrown a couple picks. And, but that seems like when the other team can put pressure on him, He's going to throw it. He's going to throw it into a questionable situation. So I think I think the big thing for UK is can they get pressure on Franks? If they can get consistent pressure on him I think that they give themselves a really good chance to win. Um, because with a with a new quarterback coming in this, this week the more times you can give yourself a short field uh, the better off you are. I guess that's you know, that's true for any situation, but especially when you've got a new quarterback, the less they have to drive the length of the field and score, I mean, the better off you are. You need some confidence rolling on that offense with a new guy under center.
1: Oh, you know, I completely agree with that. And if you look at last year, the uh, what won Kentucky at game against Florida was our uh, the line of scrimmage, offensively and defensively, man. Kentucky controlled the line of scrimmage and if, like you said if we if we can get pressure on Felipe he makes mistakes under pressure i mean he makes a ton of mistakes under pressure i don't know if he just panics or if he just tries to force it trying to do too much but i mean you get him under pressure and almost every time he makes some sort of mistake so that that is the key i, I not just the offensive line protecting you know Sawyer but I, I can I completely agree. You know, offensively and defensively, the lines are the keys. And as it is in most games, especially in the SEC, your offensive and defensive lines have got to set the tone.
0: Well, something that's a bit of a byline in this game that that I wanted to mention is Louisville transfer Jonathan Grenard is absolutely destroying worlds playing for Florida this year and. Man, what I wouldn't get for him to be still be on Louisville this year. I mean, we could have really used him. But, you know, he's he's playing really well through two games, been one of the best pass rushers in the nation through two games. And uh we'll see have if he can get in the face of Sarge Smith and and what he can do to UK. I, I'm I'm not cheering for Florida in this game, but at the same time, like I would like to see Grenard do well. Um maybe get a sack or two in this game. I won't cry about it.
1: Yeah, he he left Louisville and went to Florida, but he's still he still got that Louisville in him. He's still tar- talking trash. He was talking trash uh, yesterday about Kentucky, so keep talking trash. You've seen how it worked for him at Louisville, that beatdown they took last year. So,
0: Well, to be fair, he's got a little bit better defense with him <laughs> playing Kentucky this year, so I'm sure he's going to be out for blood after that beating last year even if it was at Louisville. So uh, I'm curious to see what happens in that game. I, I know we talked a little bit about Louisville and Western earlier in the podcast, but I don't want to end the podcast without opening it up one more time. Uh, Louisville takes on Western this coming week. They're one and one after beating EKU. As Dustin says, not even a Division one team, which he is incorrect in saying that. But I'm going to go I ahead and mention it again. <laughs>
1: it's they're not but okay. western
0: is very much a division one team in any way you look at it they're an fbs school they're not a great fbs school but uh louisville should win this game going away um i don't know what the spread is i could probably look it up really quick but western
1: has struggled this year so far i they? i mean they're yeah. not Problems not there no more
0: no it's i mean they're one and one just like louisville but Looking at the the spread line, Louisville is 10-point favorite. So, the spread is negative 10 uh, in favor of Louisville. Do you take the over and under on that spread?
1: I'll take the over on that. I mean, especially, um, yes, again, it was EKU. But the way Louisville looked last week, and like I said, uh, who did Western lose to? It wasn't a very good team at all that Western lost to, and they lost pretty good to
0: them. Yeah, I, I'll okay. have to I'll have to look that up. I, I don't know right off the top of my head, to be honest with you.
1: I would take the over on that. And on Kentucky and Florida, I don't want to you know, switch back on that one real quick. But something I wanted to mention, did you notice that after Terry Wilson was announced out for the year and that Sawyer would be our starter going forward, that the uh, I expected the uh, line to really move heavily in Florida's favor, and it didn't. It only moved like a point and a half or two points in Florida's favor after that. But I don't care what the F- Kentucky Florida spread is unless it's below seven. I'm taking the under on that one because I really think this is going to be a close game.
0: Uh, it is eight and a half. The spread on the Florida Kentucky game is eight and a half right now as we record this podcast. It'll probably move maybe a half a point before one way or the other before the game starts, I'm sure. but as of recording it, it's eight and a half. Do you, you take the under on that?
1: Yeah, I'll take the under. I really think this is going to be an
0: extremely close game. It could go either way. Well, after watching them play week one, I wasn't impressed with Florida. I mean, their defense was impressive. Their front line was absolutely world-beating. But uh, Felipe Franks looked awful. I mean, he just did not look like a really great quarterback. And I expected him to go out there and lead Florida's offense up and down the field, and he just didn't do that. He didn't look impressive at all. So – uh, I I didn't see them play in week two. I, I must admit that, but I I think Florida's very beatable, and depending on how Sawyer Smith comes out and leads this offense, I could see Kentucky Kentucky winning this game. I I mean definitely, I would probably take the under on that too. As far as the Louisville Western game, uh, I said they'd have to prove it to me, and I guess I guess they kind of did. They went out and beat up on a a bad EKU team, 48-2 to nothing. So I'll have to take the over on this because Western has struggled this year, first game of the year. It was Central Arkansas that they lost to. I just looked that up. So, yeah, they're kind of struggling this year so far. Um, We had a little bit of trouble with them last year, but we still beat them. They were one of our two wins last year, Uh, few and far between wins, but it was one at Western, so I expect them to go in and win this game again. And especially if Jawan Pass can come out and hit the ground running based off that second half he had last weekend. Hopefully that helped him build some confidence. Um, but, yeah, I, I I think the season starts for UK this weekend, and uh, Louisville should expect to win this going into next week. Uh, Florida State is who they will play after the Western game, and that will tell the tale on, uh, on what Satterfield is bringing to the table this year.
1: Yeah, um, man, on Kentucky's front,
0: our next three games are going
1: to be rough. Next four games, I guess. But you got Florida, then at Mississippi State, then at South Carolina. It's, it, Kentucky's really going to have to come out. if they. Uh, these next three games is going to go a long way on how the season goes.
0: Yeah, I think if they get through these next three games and they come out two and one, I mean, you, you've got to feel really good about that. You've got to feel great – if they win two out of three here, um, especially with Terry Wilson going down, but I'm excited to see what Sawyer Smith can do. I'm excited to see what kind of step forward that Puma pass makes this weekend. But uh, I guess that's probably going to wrap us up for episode 19. You got anything that you want to touch on before we close this thing out?
1: Nah, nah, I'm pretty good, man. Just ready to see what Sawyer can do. So, I don't know. I'm going to be anxiously waiting for a couple days,
0: I guess. Ready to see some football Saturday. Um, if you don't know, Louisville Western game is at 4 o'clock on Saturday. Uh, the Florida-Kentucky game is a little bit later on at 7 on ESPN, uh, if you didn't know those times. So we will see you guys next week, and we'll talk about the Louisville Western and the Florida-Kentucky game next week on Episode 20. But for now, uh, stay classic Kentucky.